If community banking had a short story title for the time of COVID, it might as well be the PPP mystery. Rules seem to keep changing. Variables shift depending on where in the country you are and who knows how long the pandemic will last. To help us get some PPP clarity, we have Joe Earhart, the CEO and founder of Tesla Software. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks again for tuning in to Bankadelic, or thanks if you're tuning in for the first time. I'm Lou Carlozo, your host, and today, coming in from Springdale, Arkansas, we have Joe Earhart. Joe is the CEO and founder of Tesla Software. That's a provider of automated workflow and portfolio management tools that help community financial institutions thrive. Earhart shapes the company's strategic vision, oversees the team and culture, and ensures employees have access to the resources they need. Joe, welcome to Bankadelic. Thanks, glad to be here. Now, there is a sign on your dry erase board I absolutely love. It says, work hard, dream big. Why is that up there? It's funny, but it's actually my oldest daughter. I have four daughters. She wrote it up there for me because with all the PPP items that we've been doing recently, we've been working really hard. And you know, our dream, of course, of Tesla is to shape community banks across the country. So she just kind of wrote it up there as encouragement to me and said, hey, you know, dad, you work hard at it, but you're dreaming big. And so it's, you know, kind of what you work for every day, your family. Joe, it beats what my daughter writes on our chalkboard at home, which is, dad, where's my allowance? <laughs> hey, they, they asked for that too, but. You think I'm kidding, don't you? Anyway, businesses have been closed for several months. Millions of Americans furloughed or laid off. Bankers are working hard to provide economic relief, but we don't know how long this is going to continue or how the financial landscape will look in a few months' time. Tell us what concerns you and what you're thinking about on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so I work with community banks all day. So I tell my team, I said, hey, there are those that are the innovators and those that are adaptive to change. I said, we're the innovators. So we've got to be a step ahead of our banks. And so one of the things that we keep looking at right now, boy, we could be so wrong. Congress comes back into session. Are they going to extend PPP? Every customer that may have been on the edge has been saved by the government handout. So all of the troubles that could be coming are being prolonged from PPP and other items. So the question is, does the government come in and help or do we have for a continued time because no one knows when COVID restrictions end or are they going to kind of see what happens? You know, we did that in the 2008 crisis, right? We kind of see at first what happened and then we started some other items and government assistance after we saw the fallout. So there's just a lot of concern from our customers and then from our perspective is what's next? You know, a lot of banks are pretty excited about lending opportunities that could be coming up, but then there's that fear of, well, will we have an economic recovery or will we have a depression or a recession of some sort? So it's just so much unknown. So that's kind of what we think about. It is mind-blowing, and no matter how much PPP gets out there, it could be PPP times three, there has to be a concern at some point about defaulted loans 
bankruptcy, I understand that is a grave cause of concern to you as well. Yeah. The thing is, there's a lot of extensions. If you're not in the banking sector, you may not know it, but a lot of loans have had their due dates extended or they've gone to interest only. Well, at some point, all of that has to stop. And so how does the industry respond? You know, if you're in tourism, if you're in a hard hit industry, hospitality, food, what's that going to look like? Right now, all those deferments, well, deferment ends someday. And that's really the concern is what happens when that day ends. A previous guest on the podcast talked about this notion that we have moved forward seven years in a space of three months. What have you seen in terms of the acceleration and how is it changing what you do? That guest couldn't be more right, Lou. Two things that we hear from our customers right now. The first one that we hear is, Joe, what does Tesla have for special assets? So the concern, the opposite side, what if it goes bad? Then the other side is, what can we do to make sure that we have a digital loan platform? So banks have tasted PPP, not the government assistance part of it, but the ability to digitally get something, get it signed, get it booked, and then even pay it off without ever having interaction face-to-face. Not that they don't want face-to-face interaction, but they've had that, and that is a huge demand. I just talked to a bank yesterday saying, can we take what you're doing for PPP forgiveness And can we turn that into an automated loan platform where I can have a customer start a commercial loan? Everybody's used to consumer loans online, but what people don't realize, there's not a lot of commercial lending online. There's small business, but outside of SBA or small business, small loans, most commercial lending are still done face-to-face. We always used to talk about the fintech conundrum for financial institutions as build, buy, or partner. I think we are in an entirely different phase here where it's lead. What are you trying to do to that and with the clients you work with and the institutions they in turn may be working with? Yeah, so from our perspective, we feel like community banking has got an amazing opportunity. I mean, if you really look at it, all the news around community banking was kind of, well, fintechs are going to replace them. They're archaic. They don't do it. And I'm speaking this as a company who our entire existence is serving community banks. So there was a lot of negativity. Well, PPP or COVID kind of happened, as we'd say, and community banks are the ones that stepped up. And so people are like, wait a minute, having this personal relationship with a banker, this has a lot of pros in it. And so community banks have this amazing opportunity to take that positivity and mix it with a more digitized format to start that commercial loan. And I think that's where we smashed a lot of stuff together. Banks that were concerned that it wouldn't work. I think now see it can, and I think that's what we're gonna see. If we don't get into a recession, you're gonna see a lot of community banks pivot to say, we can give you that digital solution and we can be the innovator to get it to you today. And we can still match that with that personalized service where we understand your needs and we can assist you with that and you're not just another number. Even if you're a community bank still somewhat on the sidelines, not in it neck deep, you've gotta be encouraged When they come to you and they talk about improvements and efficiencies that you can suggest, what do you tell them? Yeah, I mean, right now, it depends on what the bank is. But before, there wasn't a lot of SBA lenders. Now, a lot of banks through PPP have seen it. So there's a lot of stuff there. So if you weren't looking at it before, that's one thing. The second thing from an efficiency standpoint, without a doubt, is how are you starting loans? You know, before it was, you know, let's all go to a social event, let's meet up. What's your pipeline look like? And so a lot of banks, what you're seeing from an efficiency standpoint is getting into that, how do I interact with new clients when I'm not face-to-face like I was used to? That's a big change, and that's one of the first things. On the back end, it all goes down to, can you work without paper? 
and I know you would laugh to 2020, well, surely no one uses paper, but there are a lot of community banks that have a ton of paper. And when people have to work remotely, that is the first hurdle to working remotely, is everything has to be digital. And so that's where you've seen a lot of efficiencies right now kick in, is banks have to quickly get rid of any physical paper because their employees and team members are not in the physical holding company. Your company and others have had a massive acceleration of demand. In what ways has that made Tesla pivot and do business differently? I tell my team this all the time. One of the toughest things for a software company, no matter what size you are, right? You know, we are not one of the big three is that if we're going to build a solution like PPP forgiveness, which we've built and have successfully built in banks across the country, you have to build that when the government sets the rules to the same rules that every other provider does. But as a financial tech or fintech startup like we are, you have to do it with the resources you have. So I tell my team all the time, we're building what the large public companies are building, the same thing but better in the same time frame with way less resources. Not only is that something that to us is very impressive, also it's a way for us to show that the nimbleness of fintechs for community banking is to their advantage. And so it's not always an answer for a community bank, well, if it's not one of these big three, we shouldn't talk about it. You actually can be a leader and have a competitive advantage by looking at other fintechs that aren't one of the big three. Nothing wrong with the big three, just there's options there. And so for us, it's been that constant, as a company and it's made us better, that constant adaption to change and doing more with less. I mean, I know everyone says that, but when you've got to build something to government standards, there is no room for error and it has to be built competitive while at the same time meeting you know, the rigorous standards of PPP forgiveness. I would not want to be in your shoes for anything, I gotta tell you. It's gotta be a challenge to do that. And speed often means the perfect is the enemy of the good, but in this case, you not only have to get it good, you have to get it perfect. Yeah, and I love that statement that speed is the enemy. I always joke with people, you can have it cheap, you can have it good, or you can have it fast. What would you like? Pick two. Can't have all three. And in this case, we've got to make it cost effective for community banking, but also make it good. And the craziest part about it, if you've not followed PPP, the rules still aren't fully defined and they change every week. So not only do you have to go fast to build the solution and you got to do it during the middle of a crisis where no one can sit next to each other and draw it on a whiteboard, but you've also got to build it to rules that can change every Friday night or Thursday night or whenever an IFR interim final ruling comes out. So, you know, we joke all the time, we're trying to build an airplane and replace the engines while we're flying it because of course we have customers using it too at the same time. So it is probably the biggest challenge we've ever had as a company for a software project. And if I may extend that metaphor, nobody knows exactly where it's going to land, when it's going to land, or how long it has to circle the runway before it lands. As you look ahead to an indefinite point of resolution, what are you telling your clients and what are you telling your team? Yeah, the first thing is that my team, I tell them, I say, listen, we don't know the rules. Every day, a bank customer will call us up and say, hey, Joe, after my customer submits the PPP forgiveness app, how do you get it to the SBA? No one knows. Rules have not been set. I have to tell my team all the time, we've got to stay flexible. We are the educator sometimes for some of our clients. So we've got to let them know we don't know. And then as soon as we know, we've got to build it. And then we should expect it to change before we get it done. Before we get something done, usually the rules change on it. 
And it's not the SBA or the Treasury's fault. I mean, a lot of it's political, right, and environmental. So maybe COVID is increasing or there's a concern here, so they change the ground rules. One thing about a government program that's unique is you literally can change the ground rules. And so maybe one of the P's in PPP should stand for potential. Whatever happens to PPP, what especially do you find important and essential from where you stand? Yeah, so I think the number one thing that community bankers should be looking at is that PPP loans, even if they're 100% forgiven, there's some little gotchas that are going to come up, in my opinion. The first one is there are idle loans, economic disaster loans that borrowers could have gotten, and that's up to $10,000. And if a borrower got one of those, then that bank who thought the loan was 100% forgiven will end up with a $10,000 loan on their books that they now have got to help the customer pay off over two to five years, depending on the terms. The second thing is, let's say a customer doesn't get forgiven, and let's say that customer was in hardship to start with. Now you've made a situation worse. So you've got a customer that was in hardship to start with, they have some debt with you as a bank, and now they have this new debt. Yes, this new debt is guaranteed, the bank is guaranteed to get their money back, but that payment still has to be made by that borrower, and now that borrower has more debt and that debt may push them over the edge. So I think there's a lot of concern on when PPP's done, if the dollar amount goes up or what, what do banks end up with on the balance sheet having to manage for the next five, six years potentially? You wanna talk balance sheet, you've made some huge deposits today for listeners and especially for me. Really grateful that you could be on the podcast today, Joe. Thanks for making the time. Thank you, Luke. Greatly appreciate being on and your invitation. Joe Earhart is the CEO and founder of Teslar Software. That's a provider of automated workflow and portfolio management tools. He's based in Springdale, Arkansas. You can look for Joe on LinkedIn. Bankadelic. Sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C Bank.com. Okay, and so... Oh, uh, what? Huh? Oh, Jenny just came in with this from the Bankadelic Rhyming and Redundancy Department, and it's marked urgent. If you can CCC through the PPP, you'll be free, free, free. Just like me, 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 with my three, three, three bullet, bullet points. points. Number one. I think there's a lot of concern on when PPP's done, if the dollar amount goes up or what, what do banks end up with on the balance sheet having to manage for the next five, six years potentially? Number two. 
A lot of banks are pretty excited about lending opportunities that could be coming up, but then there's that fear of, well, will we have an economic recovery or will we have a depression or a recession of some sort? So it's just so much unknown. So that's what we think about. Number three. If you've not followed PPP, the rules still aren't fully defined and they change every week. So not only do you have to go fast to build a solution and you got to do it during the middle of a crisis where no one can sit next to each other and draw it on a whiteboard, but you've also got to build it to rules that can change every Friday night or Thursday night. And now, lose views. Joe Earhart of Teslar Software mentioned the value of nimbleness that fintechs have had to embody and banks like never before during COVID-19. Fintechs can be nimble, but families, sometimes not so much. As I record this, we're getting ready to send my two kids back to school, and it has been an incredible scramble to figure out how we're going to do this in an environment where it will be virtual learning for an entire semester and perhaps an entire school year for the first time in modern history. If you think about it, just a generation or two ago, it would have been absolutely impossible because the computer technology did not exist. There are so many details to figure out, and it's demanding of me, my wife, and my two kids to be nimble like never before. But if I can do it, so can you. And if you can do it, you can do it in your workplace. You can do it in the businesses that you run and shepherd. Maybe it's not fair, but... As most of us have heard from a parent or a relative, life is not fair. And we have to get out there and do the absolute best we can. So what's going to spur us on? Well, as I work with my kids, I'm going to think long and hard and positively about what Joe Earhart's oldest daughter wrote down on his dry erase board. Work hard, dream big. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And when I'm all done those Chicago dogs, I'll be linked out. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of Karma Productions Worldwide, Chicago.